Hi, this is the Manifest More Podcast, and I'm your host, Dawn Maynard. This episode is all about the vagus nerve. It was brought to my attention I'm with some tapping on the vagus nerve, and then another time at the Deepak retreat, he brought it up. So enough times to where it piqued my interest to explore what this was all about and how it can benefit us. So I went on and did some research and some exploring with this. So that's what I want to share with you guys uh, today that in you know it's going to help you learning more about this is going to help you manifest more because when you know how to make yourself feel better you can do better and do more we have to get into a good feeling state to accomplish all the things we want to do and it happens faster when we show up as our healthiest best self i've been hearing a lot of hype around it so again it just got me really curious um so and then at some point i will touch on what Deepak shared about it at that retreat in Maui too. But to begin explaining that the vagus nerve is also known as the wandering nerve, derivative from the Latin language, your vagal nerve takes a long winding course through your body. It branches out to many of the internal organs. It exits from your lower brainstem, so right there at the base of your skull, it's these two little nerves, and it travels throughout the body, touching the neck and the chest, so your throat and lungs, the heart, down into your abdomen, which is your digestive tract area, and nervous systems. Often it is thought of as the body's superhighway. It helps to regulate all our major bodily functions, so such as our breathing, heart rate, digestion, our immune system, and even how we take in, process, and make meaning of our experiences are all directly related to the vagus nerve because it carries signals between your brain, heart, and digestive system. The parts that function involuntary in our bodies, meaning that we can't consciously control them. It's one of the most important nerves in our body and it has a bi-directional traffic, which means it gives information from the brain to the body and the body back to the brain. Another way to say this is that it is a direct pathway from our GI tract to the brain. It sends neurotransmitters that are made in the digestive tract, like serotonin and dopamine, and much more to the brain. Once in the brain, these powerful chemicals can then directly influence our appetite, ability to feel pain, mood, and even memory. You know, that feeling that you get, um, you know, something that that might trigger you, like, so that, that your stomach, all of a sudden you get this warning in your stomach, something doesn't feel right, this person is making me really uncomfortable, and your intuition, your inner guided system. So this is all part of that vagus nerve being acted, activated. And when the vagus nerve is stimulated, then it elicits the relation response. It influences your eye movements, the tone of your voice, facial expressions. So if you're in a good mood, it shows that in your facial expression and people can see that. As it goes down, it increases lung capacity and the heart rate variability. Self-regulation is kicking in then. Inflammation is caused by our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight. 
And the opposite of that is the parasympathetic nervous system, our rest and digest. As it enters the gut, it affects the microbiome. So Dr. Deepak calls this the vagus, calls the vagus nerve the healing nerve. He explained that the nerve is attached to our eyes, and that's when you know if you, that's when you know if you're lying or your eyes are not still. If you know when someone's lying, their eyes are not still. It if, because it and then it affects the tone of our voice, known as the vagal tone. Heart rate is affected down into the diaphragm and the gut. He explained that 80% of our serotonin is coming from the gut. And he went on to say that our emotions play a role in this nerve too. Emotions such as empathy, joy, happiness, and feelings of gratitude are known as the vagus tone that can heal the body. Bad emotions increase inflammation and if prolonged can turn into pain, disrupting your biology. Now this nerve, it's an essential part of our parasympathetic nervous system. So that's rest and digest part of the nervous system. It's responsible for calming organs after the stressed fight or flight happens, that adrenaline response to danger, which is the sympathetic. So our parasympathetic nervous system controls rest and digest functions. It's the opposite of the sympathetic nervous system fight or flight response. Now these two nervous systems make up our atomic nervous system. The nervous system controls involuntary body activities. So the things that are just automatically happening, these bodily activities get off track when we experience stress, grief, anxiety, depression, or trauma. And if we stay stuck there in that fight or fight space, which is the role of your sympathetic nervous system, the mind and body tend to memorize this. And then it begins to think this is a normal place to be. This is the way we're supposed to live to survive. And then over time, illness or some sort of pain just begins to creep in on us and live in the body. That's what's so important when dealing with any of these symptoms to know how to tune into that parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest. It takes practice. It takes awareness, patience, and scheduling time in your day. When you're sick and tired of living in that fight or flight response place, you'll do whatever it takes. So I want to give you some tools that can help that can help you activate the vagus nerve and in return helps the parasympathetic nervous system return to its natural state, the rest and digest. So to start, I'll give you a list of the top 10 that I found through research, but then I'll go through in detail on my top five. So the top 10 things I found on many websites, including lots of doctors, was cold exposure, any cold water, even just ice cubes on your face or splashing your face with, with water. There's a lot going on right now with taking the cold showers, um, ice baths. And then a uh, second is deep and slow breathing. Third one is meditation along with like, um, I, I kind of put EFT, the tapping emotional freedom technique, tapping with meditation for singing, humming, chanting, and gargling five probiotics, six omega-3 fatty acids, seven exercise, especially yoga, eight massage, nine sleep, specifically that REM sleep, 10 self-talk to regulate our emotions. So those are the 10 that I found on almost every website after researching the vagus nerve and how to activate, stimulate it. 
So now for my top five Vegas nerve stimulators, I'm going to go through breathing techniques, meditation, singing, chanting, humming, gargling, self-talk to regulate our emotions, and yoga. So I'll start with breathing. The The reason I'll start with this one is because, to me, it's the simplest way. It's easy. You can do this. We're always breathing, but it can be done anywhere, anytime. It's simply just focus on taking in long, slow inhales and exhales, really feeling your ribs rise as you inhale, and as you exhale, they lower. Such a simple way to signal to the brain that it's time to relax. Even better, if you close your eyes to shut out all the external distractions and just focus on your breath. When you do that, you can set a timer for two to five minutes and set, or instead of setting a timer, I even, I like to do it this way because that timer at the end is kind of a lot. (laughs) It's just pick a relaxing song with 432 Hertz, um, that lasts however long you want to practice breathing. So there, there's so many out there. Uh, you could go on to, um, whatever music app you use, put in 432 Hertz. So HZ, um, music and, pick one. So there's, there's some that are an hour long. So however long you want, there's two minutes to an hour long songs that you could choose from and just focus on that deep belly breath. And then, um, being that the vagus nerve runs through our throat and vocal cords, the yoga pranayama breathing techniques like Brahmari breath, the humming bee breath and Ujjayi breath, also known as ocean sounding breath, can be even more stimulating to the vagus nerve because you're vibrating that back part of that throat. So let's start with, I'll explain what the Brahmahara breath humming, also known as humming bee breath, how to do this. So you'll inhale in, fill the belly up, and on that exhale, you're just going to hum. Inhale. All the way to the end of that breath. And that's vibrating the body, like that whole entire system there. The back of the throat, you can feel it in the chest and even down into the belly area. My face is vibrating. Uh, So you could set a timer to do that for three to five minutes. And then uh, Ujjayi breath, also known as that ocean sounding breath. You just take your tongue, block off the back of your throat, and it's So if you were to open your mouth into that and put that ha on the mirror, you're doing that with your mouth closed and it's making that ocean sounding noise. This also builds heat in the body, but you're activating that uh, nerve right there at the throat. So those are two that you could practice for breathing. Uh, my second one I want to touch on is meditation. I could go on and on about this one. There is a lot of research happening right now by a ton by a ton of doctors, like Joe Dispenza. He does. I feel like he does more research than anyone that I've seen on this, and he has lots of studies that he's put out. 
and Dr. Deepak Chopra, Dr. Suhas at the yoga retreat that I went on. Dr. Suhas, whom is an Ayurvedic physician and medical astrologist, said that in his past 25 years of practice, his patients that started treatment with meditation had the best recovery results. He said that when you start from the top, you will just start doing all the other things automatically. You'll start to eat healthier, be happier, and content. Uh, he went on to say, I thought this was hilarious, meditation. This is a mobile device that is way better than your cell phone. <laughs> so use it as a mobile device, right? Because you can take it anywhere, anytime. It's just a tool to increase. It helps it also increase that parasympathetic activity because it brings your body into a state of calm, telling your vagus nerve that there's no need for a fight or flight response thereby increasing vagal tone. According to the National Library of Medicine, having a daily meditation practice may strengthen your vagus nerve and restore balance to your nervous system. Those who practice mindfulness, a form of meditation that focuses on living in the present moment, also had significantly increased heart rate variability and vagal tone. So some that I love to do and that you can find on my Instagram and TikTok page for free is the body scan meditation, a five senses meditation. And there's one on there that I like to call practice being present. You can just look around and you try to find, pick a color and you just focus on that color. I have one on my, I think I have it on TikTok and Instagram where you look for the color green and how many shades of the color green can you find? And you start to just bring that alert awareness to all the colors of green around you. And the color green is also associated with our heart chakra, the energy that lies in our heart and gratitude. So you start to pull in all the things you're grateful for and fill your body up with this warm, loving, grateful energy. And you can just like, just feel the vibration rising in the body by practicing being present, thinking about the color green, breathing it into the body and thinking of the things that you're grateful for. So those are some meditation tools to help with the vagus nerve. Um, my third one is singing, chanting, humming, or gargling. So since the vagus nerve connects to our vocal cords, the muscles in the back of the throat, Making sounds stimulates the nerve and increases our heart rate variability and vagal tone. So like think of a time that you were singing or chanting along with a group of people. I'm sure it brings back good memories. Remembering that it made you feel good. So my memories are from, it just reminds me of, you know, singing at concerts. I'm in church when we all hold hands and pray the Our Father in mass singing. Like I always feel so good after that. Chanting in a yoga class, in a car, in a, in a car on a road trip with friends, or even humming with my babies. That humming when you hold the baby and you're rocking them to sleep. Uh, one that's just traditional and passed down in our family is and just doing that is so calming soothing to yourself and if you're holding a loved one and making that you'll just instantly feel calm so the reason for that is that you're stimulating your vagus nerve so any of this is great but i'll say my favorite thing to do is the humming bee breath while hugging a loved one chest to chest so 
either your loved one, uh, your a child, just hold them on your chest, chest to chest, close your eyes, inhale, and you make the humming. A lot of times we'll do this as a family group hug and it feels incredible. So that's one of our family favorites. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of a yoga class, a lot of times beginning and end of the yoga class, we do the Om sound, which is a mantra. When done, it's not only effective for cultivating a sense of calm, it is also said to send out a purifying positive vibration into the environment around you. So it's calming into the environment and then into the nervous system. And then for the tapping, uh, I won't go into that too much, but I'm going to put a link at the bottom of the podcast uh, for a video that I found that I do like to use that is known to reset the vagus nerve on uh, this little video on YouTube. I'll add at the bottom on this podcast you can find. All right, so number four, self-talk or regulate our emotions. So consciously choosing self-talk that is tailored to specific circumstance is one way to stimulate the vagus nerve to send messages from your brain to your gut to help keep you calm. Anytime our brain perceives a threat, it triggers the fight or flight response. Then the parasympathetic nervous system is activated when the danger is over. Like most, like, like think of a time, or I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but this is my example. Almost stepping on a snake and then you freak out and you run uh, as far as you can that you think, all right, now you, know, you, you get inside somewhere. And during that time, that is your sympathetic nervous system kicking in, telling you to run, that there is a threat. And so then your nervous system is in this threat mode, fight, flight. This is happening also when we are upset with someone or any type of emotional distress our sympathetic nervous system is triggered. Now, once you are safe and inside, or you find that safe place, your parasympathetic nervous system begins to kick in. So like back to the snake situation, you get inside, you're away from the snake. And so now you can, you feel calm and you feel safe. You're no longer distressed. You're at rest. However, sometimes the brain remains in panic mode as if you're still in danger. Imagine a child that you could not get to calm down. That vagus nerve is supposed to help you remain calm in these situations and to know when you are no longer in danger. But if you aren't healthy emotionally, you're either in sympathetic fight or flight or the parasympathetic freeze. So to come back to your rest and digest parasympathetic state, having a positive self-talk is a tool that you can you can use too. Using words that help to calm you down, like I am safe now and the situation with the snake could work. But what if you're just starting to feel sad, lonely, or depressed? You can create a personal affirmation to lift you out of that, beginning to notice, oh, here's that feeling I don't like. Why is this here again? I don't want this. What do I want to feel? I want to feel better. I want to feel positive. So you could take it one hand over your belly and one hand over your heart and just ask yourself, what is it that I need right now? I heard someone recently, I think it was Danielle Laporte. She puts her thumb inside her belly button and her hand over her heart. And she says, inner child, what do you need right now? 
and just take a listen and your inner guidance will begin to let you know. Um, and so if that's not for you, just begin an affirmation like I am happy, I am healthy, I am whole. And if you're, that feels too much for you, I feel better now. I'm feeling better. Just some sort of way to increase coming out of being in that low state. But these are ones that work great for me. I love putting one hand over the belly, one hand over the heart, using the affirmation, I am happy, I am whole, I am healthy. So um, those are just the self-talk to regulate our emotions, okay, and how those work. Now on to yoga. So wrapping this up, all up exercise, but especially yoga. Why did I say especially yoga when I could have just said, you know, talked about exercise? Because I felt the impacts of this personally. It's a form of exercise that saved me in one of my hardest seasons of life. It was a tool that helped me get rid of anxiety, depression, stress, and grief. And I'm not saying this was the only thing, but it was a major role. And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching and sharing it with others. I can't imagine where I'd be without those yoga teachers that created that safe space for me to just be. And still today, like I go to yoga. Now, physically, I like the practice for my physical body. I've seen the benefits and payoffs of that. But the impact that it has internally is so powerful. So you get both with yoga this internal um, boost and then external physique, um, right? And your flexibility. Um, it's just, it's so good. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but to pull this all together for you, if you go to yoga as your form of exercise with a teacher that adds in all of these tools into the class, think about the benefits you're getting. Just from the moment you arrive and sit on the mat in stillness, you are signaling to the brain that it's time to chill out. Usually the teacher will guide you to some sort of breath work to help you center and connect your breath with your mind and body. Then you set an intention for your practice or some kind of positive affirmation. Next, you would begin to move. Poses like cat and cow. So cat would be to inhale the chest forward so that gets that neck opening, that whole front body. And then you would exhale round, chin into the chest, round the shoulders, pull in. So that's that whole nerve right there. Just that moving those in and out of those two poses from cat and cow. And you could even do um, child's pose would be a good one with diaphragmatic breathing. A fish pose is another good one. So your chin is up towards the sky, opening up that front side of the, the front side of the body in that pose. So these are just some that top of my head that I can think of to put into for sure would be in a class to stimulate the vagus, vagus nerve, which I think every yoga teacher adds in a cat cow child's pose into a class. You're getting that there and you would end in a savasana known as the final state of relaxation pose in a yoga class. And to do this, you would come to lie down on your back, extending your arms and legs out long and wide. And you would take in a few deep breaths through the nose, out the mouth, letting go of any breath control or attempts to control your mind and allow your body to truly just let it all go. You've heard the saying to leave it all on the mat. And that's what this 
space and time is just to completely let go and be in your being at that part of the practice. Then to seal the practice, you would chant or hum the sound om three times. It would be like, usually you would come and you put your hands together, pressing all five fingertips together. So in our fingertips are, are that place of sensation for us, perception points. And you would close the eyes and reconnect with your breath. And just take a big um. It's very calming, soothing. Um, I love the sound when everyone in the room makes it together. It's just beautiful. Uh, another thing that Dr. Deepak Chopra stated that when the that the vagus nerve is stimulated through yoga that he touched on, he said, uh, "So yoga asana movement." And breathing, it activates self-regulation in healing in the heart, in the abdominal organs, microbiome, and then back through the brain neuropeptides that are secreted. So to sum up why yoga is so beneficial to the vagus nerve, as I've explained above, in yoga, you're getting all these different stimulators to the vagus nerve in a one-hour setting. And as a bonus, with a community of people that are all there to feel better to do better. So that's why I specified yoga as the exercise portion. Um, in this, um, my five tips of tools to help stimulate the vagus nerve. Uh, and I want to share, let's see, this, uh, I guess a reading from the Dr. Glenn Dole. He is a clinical psychologist. He puts it in this way. He says, the vagus nerve is deeply plugged into our heart, our guts, and our voice. Whenever we turn inward to check in with our true feelings, to check in with our intuitive wisdom, or to find our true expressiveness, we're lighting up the vagus nerve. Whenever our face reflects what we're really feeling or experiencing, the vagus nerve is at work. Whenever we plug into the rhythms of ourselves or the world around us, we're lighting up the vagus nerve. When we speak, shout, sing, the vagus nerve is lit up like a Christmas tree, which is one of the reasons why those activities can be so cathartic and emotional for so many of us. So I hope this episode, I hope you've enjoyed it and found some new holistic healing tools to apply to your life. And please share this with someone that you think would benefit from this podcast to help you and them manifest more. Thank you. Namaste.